Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. It is Friday, December 31st, 1999, and the Marsdens are holding their annual New Year's Eve party. Who should stroll down the stairs into this basement space but uh, Elliot Buchanan? You coming back? Um, I, uh, I haven't decided yet. The entire building echoes with the sounds of five, four... Three, every light in the house goes out at once. And he pulls out the mechanical pencil that he's always got tucked back there, but with a click of the eraser on it, it actually begins to unfold and expand, and he is now standing on the ceiling in a ready stance with his Negatana Mark II. There were slugs downstairs, there's little nanites here, and I've, I've heard tell that there's wasps outside, maybe it literally is b- bugs? What is going on? How are these things here? Nick, I thought we talked about this sort of thing. We gotta stay safe right in here. Hey, folks, adults, I think we need to leave this to the experts. Weird gravity, do your stuff. Every thin zone in Hillview may have opened simultaneously as the clock struck zero. Goodness, and this is all because of the transdimensional agitator o- over in Dry Labs itself? I mean, I, I guess I just trust Chester to keep me safe, but sometimes his idea of keeping me safe seems a lot like putting me aside. Oh no! They've been posting from a party at the gravel pits. There's a uh, a portal opening. You go to like skate off, but for some reason, instead of your mo- your powered missiles, it's your mobility boosters that kick in, and then it you just like launch into the fucking sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what really draws your attention is in the far side of the room. You see what is clearly some sort of a portal gate, and and skittering out from the bottom of it are several of the spider plants from the waking pits which rear up and expose their mandibles and sort of hiss at you menacingly. and welcome to another episode of Quantum Kickflip. Uh, my name is Robin. I am your host. I am your slugmaster. And with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. Um, and they're going to introduce themselves now. We've been doing more like character-based intros. Uh, and since y'all have been at a, a party, I want to know who throws the like the best and coolest birthday parties, best to worst. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, my name is Glenna Showalter, and I play Elliot Buchanan. Uh, she is the chill playbook, and she uses something called a voidware backpack to carry around lots of cool things. It's canonical that she has really good speakers, so I feel like she has, uh, very cool parties. Hell yeah. My name's Michael Vetch, and I'm playing the character Nick Lowe, and I think a birthday party would be pretty cool if you just ate pizza and played a bunch of Mario Party with friends. For reasons, that's, the character does that, not me, I don't always, um, he's Nick Lowe, he carries a sword, again. Hey everyone, uh, I'm I'm Liam, I play Lake Marsden, uh, she wields the reality cannon, her right side is all glitched out, we're at her New Year's Eve party currently, and I think uh, her, her party birthday parties are fine, but she's also the middle of five children, so like, her parents 
only put so much effort into five birthdays a year uh, with diminishing returns uh, each year, but that's also freeing her up to kind of do her own thing. And so it's like a nice sliding scale of of pretty good. Uh, my name is David Ray, and I play Chester Capone. Uh, he is the Grits playbook. He has powered armor. Uh, he's a tough son of a gun, and his birthdays involve uh, playing uh, King of the Hill uh, in, in the <laughs> middle of winter. You know, you you know, you push each other down the, like the snow hill, and who can stay up there? And it's a lot of fun. Chester does so well. Um, and I mean, it is better since he moved to Canada because uh, rolling down a, a hill made out of snow is better than rolling down a hill full of gravel. So um, <laughs> it's great. Uh, hello, my name is Lena Anderson and I play Angus Franklin. He is the Guts playbook with the Skip Mode Runners. And uh, canonically, his birthday is September 6th which is right around the first day of school. So in the hubbub of getting four children uh, back to school equipment. And also, you know, uh, I guess you don't make a ton of friends when you're homeschooled. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he just kind of doesn't throw birthday parties. It's just he he tolerates having birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, I'm your host. Uh, my name is Robin, and I'm uh, part of one of those religions where uh, we don't celebrate my birthday, but it's not like no one in the religion celebrates their birthday. It's that no one is allowed to celebrate mine specifically. The whole <laughs> church decided <laughs> after the incident. Uh, anyway, welcome to Quantum Kickflip. Yeah, we're in uh, part two of this one, and you guys, uh, a lot happened last time. Uh, your crew all were gathered at the uh, annual Marsden New Year's Eve party uh, on December 31st, 1999. Uh, you were uh, regrouped for the first time since Elliot went off on tour. This was her first uh, experience back with the crew. And wouldn't you know it, as the countdown hit zero, that old Y2K bug reared its ugly head, uh, as did a bunch of other bugs. <laughs> you guys were uh, inundated with monsters. Uh, you split off into uh, a few different pairings to deal with them. Uh, and you learned a little bit about uh, the, the root cause behind it. Uh, and we had some shocking revelations. I think I'm good to just dive right back in and pick it up where we left off. Are you guys ready to play some Slug Blaster? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. I love how that started as an ironic thing. And now it's just what we do. Yeah. Uh, let's get back into the action. So I think we have to begin here right where we left off, which is with uh, Lake and Elliot. You guys had made your way up to the upstairs of the house and then even further up to uh, the attic. This is a, I'm, I'm picturing a very large house for the, uh, for the Marsdens just because they have so many darn kids. Um, we don't do a lot of like maps and like graph paper and grids in Slug Blaster. We keep it pretty theater of the mind. Um, but if you had to imagine the layout of the house, if you were to like Google what the home alone house floor plan is. Uh, that'd be pretty accurate to <laughs> exactly what I did for this. Uh, so picture that. Anyway, you guys are, uh, you had made your way up to the upstairs, uh, the attic. Um, you heard noise from beyond the door and opened it to reveal um, some mutant moths and spider plants, uh, as well as your mom's private office, uh, which apparently houses a secret portal gate. 
Now, as you guys watch, uh, it is uh, as, as you opened the door, it was depicting sort of like you can see that cold, desaturated color palette of the waking pits. Uh, and you see like wet stone and like gross looking moss. But as you watch that sort of like flickers and changes, almost like you're flipping through channels on a TV and you see like uh, a glimpse of, of a bright red glow and, and a lava flow. And then you see a glimpse of, uh, of greenery. And, uh, and as you stand there in shock, it, it like cycles through several different dimensions as you're watching. I believe we established last time that a couple of things had escaped the portal. Uh, the moths blew right past you, but there are a couple of spider plants in the vicinity. What do Lake and Elliot do? Upon seeing this revelation... Uh, and thinking back to the fact that she had to promise her mom she wouldn't teleport anymore. Though, obviously, a promise she has broken. Um, <laughs> but that's, we're, this is no time for self-reflection. Uh, moms are being hypocrites. Uh, and also, sometimes she have to lie to her mom uh, about doing that. But also, if you recall, she is maintaining a lie that her glitch is a result of portal jumping and not of the reality cannon backfiring. Because she did not want to get her reality cannon taken away. So she told her mom it was portal jumping, something that's a little hard to uh, grab from your hands and lock in a cupboard, grounded style, <laughs> uh, like like so many Nintendos. Uh, and or Negatanas, yes. And or Negatanas, <laughs> exactly. Um, so upon seeing this and all of that, uh, uh, Lake is, is frankly paralyzed with rage. I think Elliot is less so paralyzed uh, with anger, but is looking at the, the spider plants I um, think we should turn it off. Oh, I'll turn it off. Lake is going to blast the whole thing with a destructive blast. Oh, incredible. She's she's just going to blow it up. <laughs> I love That's that. That's a very particular offsetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Give me a roll. I, I, I think you already used the ability that would have been perfect for this. Oh, I unfortunately have already used middle finger tonight. But give me a roll and let me know what you're putting on it. And uh, I'll give you that if you want to toss some some kick on that as well. I have uh, an idea of how that might come into play. Great. I'm going to I'm going to add a kick from the reality cannon and I'm going to add a boost from the heart. Describe how your passion or empathy helps with an action. <laughs> um, yeah, that applies. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Let's go. Six. Yeah. Uh, couldn't have worked out narratively more perfectly. Yeah, you, uh, you level your reality cannon at this thing, flip the dial to the most destructive setting. You tell me what it looks like, actually. I, wanna, I want you to get a hand on the ball in painting this scene. Yeah, um, so the reality prism, of course, uh, roll a blast uh, roll to blast things uh, with a reality scrambling beam, either destructive and permanent or unpleasant and temporary. Uh, destructive, permanent. It's, it's, the classic, it's the classic glowing pinkish orb that she loves to fire. Um, but kind of like, uh, kind of like a, a you, you put out a fire, you don't spray the flame, you spray the base with a fire extinguisher. Um, mm. she's not stupid. She's not going to fire her reality cannon through the portal. She's going to fire it at the, like, I don't know what brand this is. I assume like a Miper brand. Por Actually, yeah, just out of curiosity, do you know what brand of portal this is? Um, I think you'd have to inspect a little bit closer. It looks, Doesn't uh, matter then. She's not yeah. enough time for that. Uh, she, <laughs> she blasts whatever the mechanical base of it is, like... It, if it's Stargate shaped, she's shooting for the the six o'clock on the Stargate. If it's more like a like a Loki stick thing, then it's you know um, she's shooting the sticks. Uh, you you. I think it's a it's a rectangular doorway, and I think you just like 
punch a hole clean through the corner of it, so like where, where the top meets the left side, just that entire uh, vertex is, is gone. Right. And I think it explodes in a shower of sparks that uh, with that extra kick you put on it and with the uh, complete success that you roll, rain down upon these spider plants, which, uh, which light up and sizzle. Uh, and you hear them kind of, uh, it's, it's almost, it's somewhere between the sound of a scream and the sound of like steam escaping uh, as these things just sort of like fizzle and shrivel up <laughs> and you have successfully uh, turned off this portal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, take a style for that, please. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you said that you were looking cool, but it's it's another, Lake seems to be the character where most often I'm like, you don't have a choice. That looked cool as hell. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, the, the cannon comes down. It's smoking. The room is sizzling with fourth dimensional energy. Um, and, and Elliot is, was bared witness to all of it. Whoa. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I think that's where we leave Lake and Elliot. I want to go check in with yeah, some of our other friends. She doesn't have any pithy comments here. It's, she's she's just fuming. So mm-hmm. beautiful. Outside in the street, in front of the Marsden household, let's check in with Angus and Chester. Now, I believe when we last left off, you guys had just learned uh, of a threat at the gravel pits. You you kind of got service, checked in on my page, and realized that. Uh, a bunch of the local teens are are partying out at the gravel pit and that another one of these uh, rogue portals may have opened up there. And you were kind of just about to decide what the plan of attack was uh, when Chester tried to engage one ability of his armor, engaged another, and sort of launched himself into the into the stratosphere with his, uh, his uh, Hulk jump. So I want to check in with Chester first and then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll check in with Angus following after. Uh, what direction... Uh, did you launch yourself in Chester? The thing I honestly thought in my head when I sprung up is that I went up into the air. I like got beamed in the head by a streetlight and I like flipped <laughs> like, uh, you know, head over feet kind of a thing and like landed on like the opposite side of the street onto a roof onto my back. Just kind of a thing, and just like, oh god, uh, and I rolled, love that. Yeah, rolled over. You know, leaving my the impact of my body onto the snow on the roof, and like look back up. And, oh god, <laughs> Angus, something's happening with my armor. Um, uh, can I get up to Chester somehow? Uh, I think you got to tell me. You can definitely get over to the base of the house that he landed on. But then, yeah, you, you tell me how your your abilities may, uh, or like, are you literally just trying to climb up the outside of the house the old-fashioned way? Uh, no, I think Angus is going to, like, run up, uh, you know, his midsoles give him uh, a little bit of a boost, uh, a speed boost, I suppose. Uh, and yeah. then he'll, like, jump up to the side of the house and start running up the side of the wall using his anti-nega friction outsoles. There you go. And as established many a time, you don't have to roll for that. You just get to do it. So you join Chester yeah. up on this roof. Chester, as as mentioned, has like created a, a bit of a, a Chester-shaped uh, crater in in a pile of snow sitting on top of here. Um, but he emerges from it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, did did 
I mean, Nick definitely uh, rambled to me a lot about the skim modes, and actually I went through them pretty thoroughly because it's all time stuff. Did you have to do any of that with your armor? Did did Nick brief you on this kind of thing? Uh, well, no, I, I, I don't normally have this kind of problem with my armor. It just does, it normally does it, but I guess I haven't updated my my equipment. Um... Look, I gotta deal with these hornets. We gotta s- stop these things, and then we gotta get out to the gravel pits. You know, like I can deal with these, but go get the others. Go get the others, and and then we'll head out there. No, I don't think you can deal with anything right now. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. And like you know, he like stretches in such a way that you hear all the cracks in his spine just like go right up his. Uh, Right up his spine. Ah, yeah. Oh. Happened the vertebrae. Vertebrae, that's the word I want. Uh, and, and yeah, and like, I can handle this, but just go get the others really quickly. Uh, no way, buddy. I'm sticking with you. They'll be fine. All right, fine. Okay. Look, I'm not your boss. I, <laughs> I haven't been promoted boss. yet. So, okay. Here we go. And I like I, I pull off one of the uh, softballs strapped to my armor. You know what doesn't need to be Y2K compliant? A softball. Ah! Throwing a softball with a mechanized power armor arm? Yeah, that's, that's, well, yeah, okay, that might be an issue. But look, I can throw a ball. Everybody laughed when I put these softballs on, but now who's laughing? <laughs> And I turn around and I whip one of the softballs at the nearest uh, hornet. Very good. So I, I, I love this offer. And I think uh, if I'm understanding right, you guys want to eventually make your way to the gravel pits, but deal with some hornets in the short term. And I think there's only one way to resolve this based on who we're dealing with here. That's with a good old-fashioned montage. Yeah! Montage! Montage, montage! (laughs) Um, So I think what we're going to do is set up a a progress track and a danger track, uh, and we're going to get some rolls from you guys as you sort of describe to me your progress in taking out these hornets. And uh, depending on which track fills up first, that'll uh, that'll tell us uh, what happens to uh, how successful you are in this endeavor. All right, so we have the progress track of Splat and the danger track of Stung. Successes move one, failures move the other. Give me give me a roll and we'll... Uh, if it's good, you tell me what happens. If it's bad, I'll tell you what happens. Well, I guess I, I'm... I, as I declared, I'm throwing my softball from my uh, very powerful armor, uh, hoping that my... Um, you know, my armor can still really throw really well without screwing up. I'm gonna uh, add some boost, like to make it more effective, but I'm not gonna add any extra dice. I'm just gonna throw, I'm just go- rolling big on this. And I'm gonna try to look cool okay. because cause I just finished talking and I had this whole thing. So like, I'm just gonna turn around, hit Well, uh, I did just roll a three and unfortunately throwing a softball uh, is not brawling per se, so that just does uh, stay as a three. I see. Uh, doesn't quite trigger your special ability. Wait, 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 wait. I do have the thing called patient. Now the thing is, especially with a, a softball and throwing it, a part of it would be timing, right? So it'd be like trying to line that up. If I roll an extra die, could I do that? From my patient ability? Uh, yes, I believe that when you reveal reveal how you've been waiting to act, which is kind of what you were doing. Sure, take plus 1d6. Uh. 
That's still a three. Dang it. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Then, yeah, unfortunately, I think you go to whip this thing. And much as Angus pointed out, uh, you know, the softballs themselves are very lo-fi technology. Uh, but you go to, you know, whip it with your power armor and put that extra bit of boost on it. Um, and much like what's been happening all night, uh, the, the armor doesn't quite do what you instructed to do. And instead trips the force field generator creating sort of this shimmering oh, no. energy shield in front of you, uh, which the softball probably bounces off of and directly back in your own face. <laughs> um, so that's gonna that's gonna mark our danger track. Angus, uh, give me give me a roll. I think Angus's first move, because they're on the roof of a house right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna kind of uh, kick off with his midsoles and run slash slide down the roof. And mm-hmm. jump off to the street, and as he jumps, he levels his uh, uh, Negare and fires. Beautiful. So I'm going to add a uh, die and a kick from my skip modes. Uh, I'm trying to look cool because I'm doing a midair slow-mo kick-ass shot, and I rolled a one. Woof. Oh, Boy. Oofa God, okay. These <laughs> are not having much luck with this. I think you jump down and you've, you've got your uh, Negare leveled on one, but there's a few of these roaming around and you don't see one that just comes up from behind you and sort of crashes into you as you're leaping down. Luckily doesn't sting you, but just like slams into you with enough force that it throws off your jump, throws off your shot and leaves you kind of like you, you're not able to land on your feet as you would have. You, you sort of tumble as you hit the ground. But you're down from the roof. Okay, uh, if it's coming back to me in the montage, uh, I've been, um, uh, like, a a hornet is trying to, like, go through a a yard or whatever, and then bursting out of a snowman that's waiting on the front yard, is just like, uh, Chester (laughs) just, "Ah!" and uh, dives forward and just tries to beat the snot out of it, trying to, like, rely less on the armor. This is going to just be straight out fighting. This time I'm going to use uh, an extra die uh, for my grit. You also revealed how you've been waiting to act by literally bursting out of a snowman. So take that D6. As oh, well. yeah. For another patience. <laughs> I'm tr- yeah, I'm really trying to work around the, 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 the flaw in my armor. That time it works real good. That's a six, my friend. Beautiful. You uh, you reach out and just wrap your hand around like this one going past, and yeah, you burst out of the snowman, reach out, and you grab it like around the stinger, mm-hmm. uh, and then you grab the the body, like the, the abdomen, and you just like pull it in half. Uh, <laughs> bright green uh, goo just goes everywhere, stains the snow in the yard, uh, and then we see through the window there's like a family... Uh, standing next to their Christmas tree that they still haven't taken down, just watching all of this, being like, what is going on? <laughs> but we cut away to Angus in the next chapter of the montage. Uh, I think at one point, Angus sees uh, one of the hornets, and he starts running towards it, and he jumps and sticks his leg out, and there's no way that he's possibly going to, like, get it. Uh, but then he glitches out of existence and glitches back in right above it, uh, and he's gonna try and uh, uh, teleport slash stomp on a hornet. Beautiful. <laughs> What am I going to do? I'm going to take a dare to add a d6. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm rolling 2d6, no kick. Beautiful. Five. Mixed success, uh, which which counts. That's a success, baby. Yeah, you, uh, you appear directly above this thing. You come slamming down on top of it. It explodes in green goo, much like the one that uh, Chester took out earlier. 
And I think the mixed nature is just that, like, yeah, you take this thing out, you feel cool as hell doing it, and then you see two more whipping past, and you're like, uh-oh, and I have to just take off at a sprint to, to catch the next two. Chester. So I'm, you know, skating as best I can down the road. Now you might be saying, oh, you know, I know you've been messing around with my armor this whole time with my powered midsole. So even if it's not, I'm just trying to like, you know, do that fake skating you can do with your shoes if it's just real slick out. And I'm just doing that mm-hmm. instead. And uh, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of trying to catch up to a hornet and I'm going to try to like body check it into the side of a building. Yeah. I think it would be uh, fitting that it's into the side of the hockey arena. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, hit into the wall on that side. And what I'm going to do for this one is I'm going to sacrifice my body. Uh, gives me a plus two d six on my uh, on my action roll. I'm going to try to look cool okay. as heck as I do it, and so I get a slam from this. Yes, we're going to give you the slam of uh, of bitten. You got a you got a little wealth. You didn't get stung, but it but it managed to get a piece of you. Uh, but let's get that roll. I had a couple of fives and a three, so uh, I kind of figure I probably do it, and it, it's that whole thing of like. Doing a body check in hockey also can hurt you as well, right? So I think that that's maybe I hit it from the side and then like I continue kind of past it and crunch into the wall myself and I crumple into the ground as it may go down, maybe. Sure, yeah. Let's give you let's give you bruised instead of bitten. Then I like that. Playing off of the the initial the complication that Angus had a moment ago, uh, we last saw Angus tear off after two hornets, and then I think after you finish uh, slamming into the wall, you're like rubbing your bruised shoulder and you look off and it's like the exact inverse. Angus is running down the street being pursued by two hornets <laughs> in the opposite Very direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of, Angus. This next roll, I'm going to put two kick on it. I have a specific thing I'm looking for that if this, if I pull off this roll, I'll tell you what it is. Okay. May I take a hype die? Yeah. I don't think yeah, we used yeah, any. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he has a four now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe one of the hornets is uh, uh, flying at Angus. He stops dead in his tracks, turns, levels the Negare fires. Mm-hmm. 2d6, two kick. I'm trying to look cool. All right. If you make it, that clears your tracks. But if you lose, this is going to clear the danger. So it all comes down to this roll. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled... A six. There it is. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. You described to me what happens. It's a perfect success. You do exactly what you set out to do. Uh, this hornet is buzzing louder and louder as it's moving faster and faster towards Angus. Uh, Angus is a fast kid, so he's been able to, to get away. But he pauses, turns, fires. It drops to the ground. And from my kick, I would like to go and pull the stinger off of it. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Do you do you have plans for that? Maybe. <laughs> You're just looking like a badass. Either way, I love it. Don't tell me. Well, okay. <laughs> I want to sure, be I surprised. Talk. I'll keep it as a, a, a sexy surprise. I mean, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it will think, be a surprise. <laughs> I think I know what you're planning. Uh, I, I support it. Thank you. Beautiful. I love this. Um, yeah, so not only have you dealt with... Uh, all of the hornets that you saw, I think it's like, it's one of those things where there's you're outside and they're buzzing around. So like, you're not, there's no way for you to be positive that you got every single hornet, but you you feel like you got every hornet, you know? You're, you're pretty confident. And not only that, but you have arrived at the gravel pit. 
and Juniper. Back at the house, you had just had an encounter uh, with Mr. Scottsdale and uh, learned a little bit about the origins of this. He, he mentioned that the drow facility uh, and the rescue agents make use of something called a transdimensional agitator uh, that they use to sort of stimulate the fabric of reality and create uh, portal zones to to pass through as an alternative to your guys' cool hoverboarding tricks. I'm not sure where Nick's head is at in this moment. I think he had a plan, but I want to check in with him. So you've just uh, left Scottsdale standing in a closet. Where does Nick go next? I think Nick pulls out his phone and he's right away to the the weird gravity, just like group text that we've got. He's just going to be like, it's at Drow. All of all the bugs, it's it's because of Drow. We got to have, we have to get to the Drow facility. He's just, he's just going, he's just going to send that info on out there and maybe people will come. Maybe not. Who knows? I think everyone receives that message, but in their own time, maybe this is at the same time that Chester and Angus are doing some bug stomping and they'll, they'll see the notification in a bit. Hmm. Uh, Maybe Lake is still upstairs uh, shaking with rage. Um, We'll find out. Uh, But you send that message off and one way or another, everyone will get the intel. Where does Nick go next? Juniper, we have to get... We have to get over to the drought facility. Uh, yeah. I, I guess, hey, if what Scottsdale was saying is true, then that's that's the cause of all this. And until we shut it down, they're, they're just going to keep coming through. I guess it's it's like we're, we're trying to to deal with the, the symptoms, but we have, to, we have to go to the source. Man, the teacher said they wouldn't assign any homework over the break. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really want to come along and help... I don't think I'll be able to teleport us over there. We'll have to find another way. Um, Camry! <laughs> have fun Hang with this. Oh, uh, yeah, what's up? Uh, Camry, do you, do you think you'd be able to drive us to the drow facility? Uh, Juniper and I need to get there. Apparently, drow's the one who's been messing all of the, this up with the portals and... Uh, know what? Don't worry. I'll grab my keys. I'll meet you in the garage, Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 very, it's very convenient when you control the NPC that can determine whether they agree with you or not. <laughs> so Camry runs off to the garage. Um, yeah, runs to find his keys. Yeah, I think maybe he got talked into being sort of the, the evening's designated driver that maybe like uh, of the older Marsden, like the, the people above driving age. There's sort of a, like, drawing the short straw thing of, like, part of hosting duties is that someone has to stay sober to get everyone home uh, so that the guests can feel free to imbibe. So so you lucked out. Camry's, uh, Camry's the DD for tonight and um, will designate a drive you to the drought facility. Nice. Designated <laughs> drought driver. <laughs> Triple D. But, uh, yeah, so you've, you've got your ride. Uh, is there anything else you want to uh, grab or secure or otherwise take care of before you make your exit, Nick? I this this feels like a pretty a pretty pressing matter based on just how Scott Steele was talking on the phone. As monotone as he was, he sounded worried. Uh, so <laughs> I think we just have to make a rush to get there. And like he's he's put out the information, so hopefully everyone can also find a way. But they they just got to make a move. That's fair. I think before you go, then as as a coda to the scene, that entire exchange you had with Camry and this moment you're taking to sort of take stock of things, Scottsdale. Uh, like he somehow looks like he has been running after you since you left him in the closet, but also it's taken him this long. Like he's moving slower than a walk, 
but he looks like he's exerting himself as much as a run. He just runs really, really slow. Uh, <laughs> and he finally catches up to you here and he's like, excuse me, you you said something about about dealing with the situation. Uh, are, are you intending to to make your way to the drow facility? That was the plan, Scottsdale. Uh, I don't, I, I, I don't know how much help I would, would be in that situation. I'm a terrible coward, but, (laughs) 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 but I, I can offer you this. And he, uh, he hands out a familiar looking lanyard. Uh, you recognize it from the other time you visited the draft facility, except it doesn't say, uh, Jeff Kazansaka Papalopoulos or whatever it was (laughs) that we established last time. Kazanakanopoulos? Uh, it says Greg Scottsdale, uh, with a little picture of him. And he says, I, I, I obviously won't hold up to much scrutiny, but if you just need to scan it at the at the reader at the door, you might be able to uh, circumvent some of the security with this. I appreciate it, Scottsdale. Uh, I'll get it back to you when I'm done. Just see to it that that, that agitator gets shut down. Whatever whatever's happening, it's it's not going to end until they until they deal with it. And I think at this point, Nick, uh, they're sort of he, he and Juniper are heading out, and he does actually pop his pencil out and fully expand it into his negatana, and he looks back over his shoulder and he's like, oh, "Don't worry, we'll squash this bug." Back upstairs, uh, Lake and Elliot, you've you've blown a crater in this door. You've taken out the uh, the immediate threat of the of the spider plants. Um, you you've gotten this text from Nick, although whether you've checked it is up to you. Uh, what do you two do next? Lake, are you okay? Um, Elliot, I know you had a hard time telling us about going off with your band, but I I trust you, and my favorite thing about Weird Gravity is the trust even though we have conflicts, so pl- please just just never lie to me. Like, please just, I, I support anything you do, just don't lie to me. And she kind of starts getting, like, a little welled up with tears. I promise. Here, c- come here. She gives her a hug. Um. Yeah, we, we, we hu- we're, we're hugging, and we just, like, have some, some established trust. There's still lots to discuss, uh, regarding what's next for Elliot and Weird Gravity, but at least in this moment, I feel like maybe we found some common ground uh, and understanding with each other. Uh, friendship, it maybe, <laughs> is what that's called? I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, I feel Elliot's phone buzz uh, in her pocket, and she feels hers buzz in mine, and we both <laughs> look to see these texts from uh, respective team members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can like see out the attic window that there's a, a car with Camry backing out, Yep. Beautiful. Not to complicate this too much, but I think, Elliot, you noticed two notifications, uh, or maybe more than that, because you see the message from Nick uh, in the weird gravity thread. I think you also have gotten a text from Devani here, mm-hmm. or maybe just some missed calls uh, followed by texts, but you, uh, yeah, you, you piece together the same thing that Angus and Chester did, that the uh, she's been at the party at the gravel pits all night. Um, I think maybe it's, it's it's not like a, you know... Oh, Trouble in Paradise, you guys aren't together on New Year's. I think you guys got together early. You had maybe a nice dinner, uh, and she encouraged you to, you know, go in and uh, spend some time with the friends and, and maybe offer an olive branch there. Uh, but she's way too cool for the Marsden party. She wouldn't be caught dead there. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, she's out. Of, she's out of the gravel pits, and yeah, I think you you glean the same thing that uh, Angus and Chester did. That there's uh, there's something going on. There's a portal opened, and there's there's uh, danger afoot. So you're you're faced with a bit of a decision here. Do you guys uh, rush after after Nick and try to make your way to the drow facility, or do you uh, head towards uh, uh, Angus and Chester at the gravel pits? We don't know that Angus and Chester are going to the gravel pits, hey? You don't know this. Lake looks like there's trouble down at the gravel pits. Oh, it looks like Nick's on his way to Drow. There's just trouble all over town. I think that's that's the Y2K. It, it came to fruition. God, jeez. Once again, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. Chester was right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go check on Devani. I'm sorry. She's... She's sent me a lot of panicked texts, and and she I've been missing calls from her. Uh, no, no, I get I get it. I think that's I think that's the right call. But I look, I've already blown up one portal tonight. I, I want to see how many of these things I can blow up. I'm 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 gonna go with Nick if that's okay. Yeah, I uh, okay. I trust that you'll handle it. Cool. I love you. I love you too. And they give a little hug Aww. and then run away. Yeah, I think a, a shorter embrace follows the the longer one, and then you guys split off your separate directions and we'll follow you to those destinations. But I want to just check in Lake. You, you uh, take the stairs two at a time on your way down. Uh, and mm-hmm. as you head to the front door to, to chase after the car, um, you can see they're, they're pulling out and you only have so much time, but you do see the parents still gathered in the living room, still looking very confused. And you see your mom there. Uh, I think the the moths that actually flew down from the attic are are in the living room right now. So all of the parents are swatting at moths and, and Lake, Blake's mom has uh, her arms up over her head. She's like, get it, get, where, fly swatter, newspaper, Stephen, Stephen, where did you go? Um, Lake, on her way out the door, I think turns off one of the lights. Uh, so now there's like less like house lights on in the house and the moths move to like the half of the room that's lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all she says and goes out the door. <laughs> Beautiful. I think that might be the moment where as the light turns off and, and Lake's mom goes to see what happened, that's when you make eye contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. And Lake goes running out the door. And I think absolutely the car is pulling away and you do have to just like, you throw your board down, hop on and and grab that back bumper and you're skitching your way along with, with uh, Nick and Juniper to the draft facility. Yeah, they can deal with those moths. They're, they're, they're big <laughs> parents. They're, they'll be fine. They've been portaling all over, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we, we left the, the group of parents in there. Uh, the, the moths moved over to the lit side of the room. And then there's, there's sort of a, uh, uh, an ominous thump. Uh, and all eyes in the room look over towards the doorway where, where uh, Stephen Marsden who has always been obscured by his newspaper every time we've seen him, enters the room with it rolled up in his fist. Ah, uh, it's his moment. It's it's his time. Don't <laughs> <laughs> away. Hey friends, it's your Slugmaster Game Blaster here as always to thank you so much for listening, to tell you you're wonderful, and to implore you to share our show with friends who you think would enjoy it, and to leave us positive reviews. I believe you can rate shows now on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts, so please, if you enjoy the show, give us a positive rating wherever you do your listening. 
Uh, we are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews and outtakes. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, and uh, they have a ton of amazing, wonderfully locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We are right in the middle of a three-part adventure, so you can catch the thrilling conclusion on Wednesday, February 16th, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we're going to get you right back to the action here, but first, I'd like to throw it over to Mr. Scottsdale for some announcements. Salutations, it's Mr. Scottsdale here with a few words from our sponsors. I, I realize you're all excited to get back to the story at hand, so I'll make my very best attempt to keep these messages on task, and moreover, as brief and as uh, uh, concise as is feasible, given the circumstances. I, I promise you it'll be downright snappy. With that, let us begin these sponsored messages. This episode was brought to you by ATB, built to help Albertans. At ATB, we make banking work for you with expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth. You can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. I'm a proud ATB customer, have been for years. I have all my money with ATB, and uh, with the help of their financial management uh, services, I was convinced to upgrade from my usual low-risk investment to a medium low-risk investment. So got a little wild there, but I, I trust them that much, and it really did pay off for me. So highly recommend ATB. This episode was also brought to you by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout-out to Overdue Fines. Overdue Finds is an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land host conversations about books, movies, music, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and find out more about Overdue Finds, head to epl.ca slash podcast. That's epl.ca slash podcast. That's uh, uh, noble work promoting the humble library. Although I don't know what why we need all this this new stuff now. They've got uh, movies and, and and music and and pop culture. It used to be about the books and and really shouldn't that be enough? Aren't aren't books exciting enough? Honestly, I don't even know why we need a fiction section. It should should just be nonfiction. What re real life isn't isn't interesting enough for you? The real world isn't exciting enough. Give me a break. Anyway, let's get you fine folks back to the action. So Angus and Chester, uh, we, we left you. You had finished your montage, taken out the bulk of the hornets, uh, and arrived at the gravel pits. Um, but I want to give you a moment here just to catch your breath because you've been you've been montaging hard this whole time. So you you find yourselves just outside the gates to the to the pits there. 
Okay, uh, Angus, I, I know I was, uh, we, we agreed to send a message to the others that we might need some help out of the gravel pits, and I try to do that. However, I, I think there's something wrong with my phone. Ever since I did that uh, body check on the one hornet into the wall, uh, now my, my, uh, my phone doesn't accept the, the button press of enter anymore. Um, <laughs> I thought I sent it. I didn't really look at it. I hit the I hit the send button and I put the phone away and I'm realizing it didn't go. So we might be out here by ourselves, buddy. I mean, that's fine, but also we're not by ourselves. That pit is full of teens, a lot of whom are slug blasters. Oh, that's a good point. I just I just don't think of them as slug blasters because they're not on my team. Because I'm like, oh, <laughs> Elliot's a slug blaster because I've seen her be a slug blaster. You know, I, you are correct. I forgot about that. Well, anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like hmm? the, the authenticity of them and their skill and how much you want to be around them is questionable. But, I mean, I, I think when push comes to shove, I mean, I hope they can handle the ray gun. Yeah, I hope so, too. Hmm. Well, I hope that the others are okay, but you know what? I, I, I think that they're probably figuring it out, too, you know what I mean? I, I, as Graham Capone always says, if you always have to check on the swimming credentials of your teammates, then you're never going to win the synchronized swimming silver, silver medal, you know? So, let's get in there! Mm-hmm. I feel like there's some dubiousness to that one, but... Uh, and Angus is just, like, mum, continues to mutter as he makes his way into the gravel pit. We've already been outside of it longer than he wanted to be. <laughs> Yeah, Chester's already running ahead of you. <laughs> Does Chester's grandma know Lake's grandma? That was water polo, never mind. <laughs> Still, wild coincidence. Yeah, they're uh, two totally different things, Robin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, you uh, you approach the sort of ledge of the gravel pits and you look down uh, to see a group of teens huddled in an otherwise open expanse. Uh, their bonfire has gone out and the stereo system is emitting nothing but a faint whine of feedback. There are large puddles of blue ooze everywhere, uh, but you don't see any sign of the creatures you remember from your first trip to Vestige. Then you begin to hear it, a boiling, bubbling sound. One of these puddles begins to churn and spread, and from it, a slimy mass begins to emerge. One of the teens in the group hollers, and they all turn, pointing their ray guns and signature devices at it, while, unbeknownst to them, a second puddle has begun to bubble just behind them. Uh, Robin, can you give me a quick rundown on what these monsters are again? I, 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 it's been such a long time, I don't fully remember. Absolutely, that's yeah. probably good for the listeners as well. So these are, um, Angus has, has seen pictures of them uh, from earlier this evening, um, but you also remember them from the first time that you went to Vestige. They are uh, the Cerulean Slugs, giant blue blobby gelatinous slugs. Uh, their whole deal was they were covered with a very... Um, slick blue ooze that allowed them to move super fast and sort of like uh, phase down into the ground and reappear in different spots and stuff. Uh, and also I believe at one point Chester got coated in that ooze and it made him just like completely frictionless to the point that he couldn't even stand up, let alone throw a punch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Also probably worth noting who's in the group of teens. You recognize uh, the members of Subsonic Sentinel, Tamblin and Cheryl Ann, uh, Devani and, uh, various other NPCs that haven't gotten names or backstories yet. But but yes, all three members of Subsonic Sentinel and their hangers-on are, are in attendance at this party. Okay, we gotta make... Okay, all the slug glasses are here, so we gotta make a big impression. Okay. I got it! 
and I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go skating in towards one of these slugs, and I'm going to like kind of point into the distance, like I'm Babe Ruth about to hit a home run. You know, just like there, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to like kind of like start wind, like start winding up my one arm, like in a windmill type pattern, and I'm going to just try to punch them as hard as I can. One of these slugs. I know these things have. Like the the whole slime thing, and it can make me frictionless. That's why I'm like hoping enough power and blunt force will just like keep them away, kind of a thing. So, yes, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get a roll for that, and then Angus, uh, what's what's your play? Uh, as as Chester is like, let's make an impression. Angus just like takes off at a run. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna try and teleport himself directly in front of the slug so that he's basically between the slug and the other teens. I'm gonna put a kick on my roll uh, to uh, give myself the ability to teleport and fire. Uh, and it's just gonna be like a, a classic point blank fire with the negaray. Beautiful. And just to clarify, Chester's going for the slug in front that they can see. Angus is going for the one in back that they haven't noticed yet. Yes. Perfect. Let's get those rolls. All right, uh, so I'm going to use an extra die from my armor as well as uh, the kick. Yeah, I think that's what I'll be. Uh, yeah, one kick. I'm going to try to look cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look cool. I want to look cool too. I forgot to mention that, but I haven't rolled yet, so I want to throw that in there. There you go. That, I, that's why I was doing the point. That was the whole point of the point. Anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Impress these teens. Um, so I rolled two twos. However, I do have on lock, uh, which is that you spend hours and hours practicing brawling. Uh, if this would help you in an action, you can spend one trouble, which I will do, to upgrade a one to three result into a four to five result, into a mixed result. Gotcha, yeah. So that'll get you a mixed success on that. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I like that a lot. I think, yeah, Chester, you go to sort of go gliding down. Maybe you, you forget yourself for just a second and you're like, you, you're so used to relying on your armor and on, on it working the way that you want it to yeah. uh, that you just sort of implicitly trust it to. Uh, so you go to take off at a, at a glide, but the armor misreads the input and, and your legs just start like Scooby-Doo cartoon running really, really fast. Um, <laughs> and that sort of sends you tumbling over the edge. But where that could look ridiculous and comical, it kind of turns you into uh, this this sort of general grievousy pinwheel of death that uh, <laughs> comes tumbling down like an avalanche. Uh, so you like you're you're rolling and flailing, but then you sort of land in the superhero pose directly on top of this thing and just sort of goosh its insides out in all directions uh, with your fists slamming straight down into it. Um, so you get to mark your style. It is a success, and you do look cool. <laughs> However, I do think this, the complication here is, is simple in that you're now once again covered and coated in this ooze that makes every subsequent action tricky. So we're actually going to give you a slam from this. Okay. But the slam isn't isn't bodily harm. It is uh, frictionless. You you are in a state of frictionlessness, and until you do something to deal with that, you are uh, gonna have uh, complications to future rolls that would require you to have steady footing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Angus, let's get the result of that roll. With one d six, I rolled a six. Amazing. Hey. Chester did the did the called shot pointing to the to the outfield, but uh, but Angus is the one who pulls it off. Just one die <laughs> no scopes it. 
Um, yeah, describe to me how you take this thing out. Uh, uh, runs, kind of starts to skid before he teleports, glitches out. Uh, on his end, it looks like he's, like, yanked. Glitches back in, finishes his skid, points, fires, an explosion of cerulean goo. And he looks over into Vani standing right next to him, and he's like, Hey, how you doing? Uh, better now. Holy, holy crap. Um, hi. Uh, hey, anyone hurt? Uh, not, you know, bruised egos, but other than that, everyone's, everyone's doing okay. Minor scrapes, but we'll, we'll, we'll survive. Uh, yeah, we may need to find a place to go that is, uh, safer and not directly under an active portal. Yeah, and it's at this moment that, yeah, both of you look up and you can see that there is still that, uh, just like jagged tear sort of hovering in the sky directly above this gravel pit uh in much the same place that you you emerged the very first time on your first run when you uh when you warped back to null which you remember all too well and and yeah you can see through it the sort of trippy neon vaporwave sunset dimension that is uh vestige with the pink sand dunes and the whipping winds nothing is emerging through it presently but it also doesn't look like it is uh it is going anywhere well i mean we can't just leave it like that can we i mean if if Two of those got, I don't even know if that was all the ones that got through, but if there's two of them, there there could be more, right? Uh, I I mean, yeah, but you'd rather camp out here and, and take things out as they come through? I don't know how to shut a portal. I only know how to open it. They typically close on their own. Yeah, I, I guess. No, you're right. We just, I guess we'll have to be careful. Uh, Hang on. Um, well, what about if you ask? What happens if you ask Nick? Nick, Nick, same said No, a lot of the and if you know, head over heels, crashes onto the ground. Oh, Nick will probably know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick or Lake, they probably they know more about portals than I do. And Angus pulls out his phone, flips it open, and then sees a notification in the weird gravity group chat. <laughs> He sure does. Yeah, you get caught up to speed on on Nick's. He doesn't. He didn't go into detail there, but he just basically let you know that it's at Drow, which you know is actually not that far from here. I think we've established that both are like relatively in the area of the industrial park in Hellview, so you know that it's it's not mm. going to take you long to get there. Okay, change of plan. We're going to the Drow facility. You want to come? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not much of a slug blaster myself, but uh, how's your shot? I mean, I hold my own. Angus tosses her as Negare. Uh, she catches it and kind of does the thing where she twirls it around on her finger. Uh, nice. Hot. <laughs> and Elliot uh, appears sort of over their shoulders. <laughs> she has uh, longboarded her way up. Uh, Devani turns around, uh, sees you, smiles, uh, and then looks down at her wrist where she's not wearing a watch and is like, Oh, oh my God, look, it's a uh, three, two, one. And she runs over and gives you a big kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just about missed it. That was close. Anyway, happy new year. It's hell out here. <laughs> happy new year. I hear we're going to drow. Yeah, that sounds like the plan. Uh, hey, Jason, Kabir, you guys want to want to get some payback for uh, for everything that ruined our party tonight? Uh, and they both kind of hoot and holler in the back. And they're like, yeah, hell, oh, yeah, subsonic sentinel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Scott Parzival's there too, and he kind of rolls his eyes. Um, <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on, oh. wait. Uh, I can't. I, I'm kind of sliding down this hill because of the friction, and I'm just kind of continuous sliding down. Are we going to the brow 
facility? Yeah, Chester, you know the brow facility? I think I have pretty good eyebrows. I keep them pretty trim pretty well, I think. Also, also I'm going to have to deal with all this slime, and I think I have an idea, but okay, okay let me... Okay. Chester is just fumbling and stumbling and, and falling in a heap over and over. If only uh, someone had just showed up with a uh, a very cool signature device that allows them to pull whatever they want from the multiverse. <laughs> well, funny you should mention that. Uh, I was just about to say, I would like to roll to pull a power washer from my voidware backpack. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll add a, a die. I think Chester being able to walk is a good thing to have. So I'm rolling 3d6. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. The highest I got was a two, but I did roll two of them, so it looks cool. <laughs> Can I offer? Yes, go ahead, Dave. So it's not the, the I don't think the issue is necessarily the power washer itself. It's so much as like uh, maybe the use of it. Because if if you think that I'm like completely covered in goop, I'm frictionless. She's spraying me. That's still giving me force and thus pushing me back, right? So it's like uh, mm-hmm. it pushed me down and I'm tumbling. Um, also, we're in the middle of the winter and she's spraying me with water. Uh, <laughs> right? This is true. So uh, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm probably frigid cold. Uh, I might not be frictionless anymore, but now I have frigid coldness. Uh, as a different slam, that was going to be my offer. Yeah, I I like that a lot. It's it's not that it uh, doesn't work at all. It's it's that it swaps one slam for another, and and rather than having a a temporary slam that could be resolved, you now have a permanent physical damage slam uh, that is going to stay with you for the rest of the run. But I can move. Yes. <laughs> Which is very, that's very Chester to see the bright side in that, that you're like, yeah, 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 I've taken damage that I can't possibly negate. But also, I I can fight and I can function, so it's all good. Who am I if I can't fight? Um, we're going to go with Frostbitten uh, just for the, like, the, the poetry of it. You're not going to lose a limb or anything, but you are just like, yeah, you are it, severely it, cold. Um, it, it's Frostnip. Yeah, oh, Frostnip. That's exactly the, exactly the term. <laughs> You've been frost nipped. <laughs> Chester has frosted tips. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why you got to get him to the brow facility. <laughs> <laughs> they frosted too much. Welcome to the year two thousand, baby. <laughs> so you rally the troops here. I feel like some of the, like Tamblin and Cheryl Ann are just like, no, nah, we're do- this this party sucks. We're done. We're going home. <laughs> but you get Subsonic Sentinel on your side. You get Devani. Um, who else did I say was there? I think that's everybody. And you prepare yourselves to make your way uh, to the draft facility nearby. However, before you do, you hear an ear-piercing screech from above you as you look up to see a dark shape approaching in the overcast night sky. As it draws nearer, you realize that it's not one screech, but a multitude, all crying out in unison. Lightning flashes revealing a writhing swarm of bats, all moving as one, their tails tangled into knots, their wings partially fused together, creating a grotesque monstrosity that is both one creature and many. The Bat King descends upon you, its many mouths open and teeth bared, in a singular hunger for the blood of these teenage slug blasters. That's the exact description from last time. It's the Waking Pit's famed Bat King. It's made its way through. Uh, and that's where we're going to leave our crew in the gravel pits. You're on your way to the uh, to the facility, but you've got one, one thing standing in the way. What a callback. 
speaking of that drow facility, let's check in with uh, with Nick, Juniper, Camry, and Lake Skitchin on the back bumper. You guys are making your way down the access road, heading for uh, heading for the drow facility. But much like Chester and Angus, I just want to give you a quick moment here to sort of catch your breaths and and formulate your plan of attack. Um, and we'll say that Lake can catch most of what's being discussed in the car uh, from from her vantage point on the back. So how does this work? I've I've never really slug blasted before. Blasted slugs? What's the what's the verb? Um, well, there are a lot of variables. Depends on if if there are actual slugs, then typically they do get blasted, as the name would suggest. But um, well, really, we what we need to do, according to Scottsdale, is we got to find that transdimensional agitator, and mm-hmm. there, there should be some way that we can update it or shut it down, and and it should go back to regulating their portal systems as they did before, and then none of the thin zones, they should all calm back down, and and that should stop everything from coming through, uh, hypothetically? Okay, but, like, it's a it's a secure facility, right? Like, I've, I, I've been on the same summer programs and field trips that you have. I've, I I know how, how tight security is there. How do we even get inside? <laughs> she really hasn't slug-blasted, has she? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess depending on how much chaos there is at the facility itself, we might just be able to stroll in the front door, honestly. Um, yeah, and I think unless uh, Lake has anything to, to add from uh, from her vantage point on the back, that might be the moment that you uh, roll up to the facility. No, I think the vantage, I think all, all she adds is just her presence sketching on the back. So when like Camry's like, hasn't slug blasted before, like, how are we going to get in? In the rearview mirror can see like a red-faced Lake wielding a giant cannon, like holding <laughs> onto the back of a car, like mobilized <laughs> for war. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. I love the idea that Camry's seen her in the rearview mirror and still has not stopped driving. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he knows what's up. She can take she it. She looks like she's having fun out there. <laughs> yeah. So uh you guys you guys arrive at the facility here, and I think from last time you were uh you were in this position, there were multiple entry points. Uh last time it was laid out to you that there's there's the back way in the loading dock, there's the front door, uh, or there's the sewers. Uh, and you somehow opted for two out of the three options last time. Um, but I'm curious, what option are you taking this time? Maybe Camry wants to know which where he's pulling up to. I I think we're just going to try and go to the front. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, Lake doesn't know this, but Liam does. We got the key card. Yeah, and I think, much like you predicted there, Nick, yeah, yeah you guys pull up, uh, uh, Camry parks the car on maybe on the road outside. And yeah, there's there's sort of like a gate where you can see a little gatehouse uh, and and like that the arm that comes down to block the way in, where there there should be someone on duty checking badges and whatnot. Um, but that gatehouse is abandoned, uh, and you don't see anyone in the front of the facility here. Do you do you hop the arm and make your way inside? Yeah, I guess so. There there doesn't seem to be any any sign of any any uh, any other creatures that would have come through portals or anything around the facility or anything like that not that you can see no good cuz if there was lake lake didn't see them she used the car, like some of the momentum of the car to just kind of keep going mm-hmm. and slides through yeah skates on through yeah limbo's underneath the the mechanical arm and just like carries on her way uh nick's going to hop it kind of like a like a like a hurdle beautiful yeah <laughs> I think uh, Juniper is maybe the last to get moving, and, and as she gets out of the car, uh, she sees uh, Camry also exiting the vehicle, and is like, "Oh, I, uh, are you? I, I, sorry, I thought you were just the ride. Are, are you, are you joining us?" <laughs> yeah, 
If I had to stay sober to be the designated driver for tonight, I might as well ride in style. And with that, he rolls up the sleeve of his sweater, and he's got this large metallic bracer on his left arm. And tapping uh-huh. that, he begins to materialize his his signature hard light board. <laughs> Sick. Yeah! <laughs> uh, what does it look like uh, as, it, as it takes shape here? Like, what color is it, and, and what's the general look of it? It's it's very like classic skateboard double kick kind of look. It's kind of a longer board and it glows in in this sort of transparent hard light in a very deep navy blue sort of look. And it's got his uh his name written across the bottom uh, on the hard light somehow he's programmed it that way. Oh yeah, and because it's like projected semi-translucent energy, you can kind of read it through the top backwards as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't really quite look like Camry at that point then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like stylized. It looks like cool, illegible graffiti, and then you flip it over and it says his name. Yeah. Yeah, and he hops on and uh I think maybe even if it's if it's like a bigger, like maybe more of a got a more of a longboardness to it, um, kind of reaches a hand out and uh and Juniper hops on the back and just kind of like holds on and they and they go skating up to follow after you guys yeah you make your way up to the front door again completely uncontested um you can now as you get closer you can hear the sound of like a klaxon alarm inside the building that like clearly stuff is popping off that has has attracted all the staff's attention elsewhere um there is a large locked door at the front um but there's a sensor there as scottsdale predicted and you're able to sort of just boop his badge uh and it uh it springs open Oh, Lake, I'm glad you got my message. W- was Ellie not coming? Oh, she went to the gravel pits. There's there's also trouble there. The the, the portal of Vestige is open and, and Subsonic Sentinel and the whole team party's in trouble. So she went there. I'm here to help you. Uh, I, I don't know where uh, Angus and, and Chester are, but hopefully they're here soon. It looks like everyone received it, so hopefully they'll be here soon enough. But we have to get inside. We have to locate... Uh, apparently Scottsdale also works here as well as working at the school. I don't know how he has the time to do that. He doesn't seem like a very interesting guy. I didn't think he had that much going on in his life. Whoa, Scottsdale? He's... Oh, damn. That's what I thought. But he says that there's something going wrong with... They didn't properly update their transdimensional agitator, so we have to find that within the facility. Okay, let's let's go. In we go. Uh, yeah, you guys enter, and I, I think it kind of splits off. Um, there's the sort of the hallway into the more rescue facility and and there's like uh, a front desk with the sort of glass with the little speaker box in it um, also abandoned uh, and a little like waiting room area with a bunch of benches and you get the feeling that like this is where your parents would come if they were going to uh, pick you up after you'd been apprehended by rescue uh, for for uh, illegal metaterrestrial travel um, this is where they'd sort of come to collect you um, and beyond that, you know, is the, uh, the facility that you broke into last time with its evidence lockers and its holding cells and all that. Uh, but then there's sort of the, the other half of the building, uh, the, the hallway that leads into the drow facility, which is more the scientific research side of the operation where they, they are, uh, as their name suggests, discovering and researching other worlds. They are all about science. That hallway has a very like metallic look to it, fluorescent lighting, very like sterile and clinical, yeah, you get the feeling that 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 is sort of if there's if there's tech to be found, that's where you might find it. Uh, but I don't want to I don't want to dictate where you go, guys go. What is your uh, approach here? Also, still, yeah, no sign of staff at this point. But but uh, a klaxon alarm going. Klaxon alarm going. Maybe lights are kind of like dim, emergency backup power, track lighting on the floor, kind of stuff. 
basically what I want to know is what your approach looks like. Are you guys trying to stealth? Are you guys going in guns blazing? <laughs> it is bold of us, like some teenagers, to roll in and be like, we're here to help. <laughs> Y2K in compliant portal. Um, but uh, I, I, don't see a, I don't see a stealth thing. I, I think if the klaxon alarm's going... If the alarm's going sort of like we we said, uh, the, there's just too much chaos. We can probably just walk in the front door. Yeah, I think and I agree so with you. So far, that's been true. Like, if we haven't seen anyone so far, there's there's nobody to hide from at that point. So I think we're just trying to get there as fast as we can. Yeah, it also gives it some like kineticism if we're almost like like skating through the halls. Yeah, so you guys all hop on your boards. I think Juniper's still uh, on the back of Camry. He's kind of hanging on the back. Um, and I want to get a roll for this just to see, uh, like you're, you're trying to locate something in this facility that you have no real idea where it is other than that it's probably in the sciencey side. Um, so let's get a roll to see how well this goes. Uh, I don't care who rolls it and I don't care what you add to it. Just let me know and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think I might have a bit of an idea. Okay. Yeah, I think that, that makes sense. Use the space time ampimeter as needed, but I think this is really Nick, Nick's the brains of this operation. Um, I think in, in coming into this, this facility, it, Nick hadn't heard about a, uh, a transdimensional agitator before Scottsdale on the phone. So it's completely a new idea to him, but I think he's trying to break it down to the, the, the basic pieces of the idea, as well as the concept of if it's affecting all of the thin zones within the town as a whole, it would have to be able to broadcast and, and be able to influence the town overall. Okay. So... Part of this, uh, I'm leaning into using my ability Techno Babble, in which uh, once per run, I can explain something extremely technical with fun jargon and get pl- uh, and either get one style or plus 2d6 to a roll. Oh, beautiful. If they, they would have to keep it somewhere central in the facility because they wouldn't want it to be overly exposed if it has this much of a, a wide array of, of, of effect, but it would also have to be somewhere closer to the roof because I would need, they would need some broadcast point for the signal to be able to to affect the, the, the material plane of, of null on, on the whole. So it must be somewhere central and up. So if we can find a, a main elevator shaft, something that'll take us to a higher level, I think that'll be the, the more core place that we can find this agitator. Yeah, take your plus 2d6. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if that conflicts with anything you had thought up, but nope. it's what I rambled. <laughs> uh, so I'm rolling a 3d6 here. And we've got a 6. Beautiful, yeah. You uh, you skate your way down a couple of these corridors. It is, like, weirdly perfect for hoverboarding, like, uh, as much as it's, like, a, a secure drought facility where you would never want to hoverboard, like... Everything's metallic, everything's smooth, the the curves are gradual enough that you can get some decent momentum going. Uh, it's, it's perfect. And yeah, you take a, a couple of turns and ultimately find yourself at a, there's a large elevator shaft there. I think once again, you're able to use Scottsdale's key card to sort of call the, like there's another scan pad there where it looks like it's, it's not just anyone could, uh, could ascend to the next level, but the fact that you've got uh, a valid ID card and the fact that there has been no staff here so far to... Uh, check that ID card means that you're able to uh, boop it and, and right away the elevator comes. I think we get that like there's the, the cool action beat where you're like riding down the hallway the fluorescent light glinting off your boards Camry's uh, riding his hard light rig there and then there's like that uh, hard contrast as it's just the four of you standing in an elevator uh, in silence as it slowly ascends <laughs> and it's kind of like standing there awkwardly and then the music kicks back in and you're back to hoverboarding. <laughs> but as you emerge out into uh, the higher level here, I think you do notice an immediate change. Like downstairs you could hear sort of the echoes of the klaxon alarm. Up here it's much more uh, much more dire looking. You can see signs of... Uh, of a struggle, there there are uh, ray gun scorch marks on the walls. Uh, the lighting is dim. 
Um, there's there's smoke going on. Um, it looks like there has been uh, some sort of an encounter here, um, and so maybe you make your way a little more tentatively on the second level as you as you move through. So you make your way uh, down this dimly lit corridor um, a little more tentatively, as I said, and you enter out into a large open circular chamber, the outer wall of which is completely covered in computer consoles and large monitors. In the center of the room is like a large raised metal platform with stairs leading up from all sides. And on top of that platform sits a giant metal ring. Um, And on top of that ring sits a giant satellite dish style like antenna that is pointed up at the ceiling. Uh, And you can see that the, uh, the, the ceiling has like a a mechanical portion that would, would open up to allow it to, to fire directly out of the roof through that ring though. You see a deep red glow that illuminates the entire chamber, casting long, eerie shadows, uh, and occasionally clouds of sparks just sort of drift through, or puffs of steam rise out. Also in this chamber, you see, for the first time, some of the staff members here. There are rescue agents with weapons drawn, and there are um, scientists scrambling from the uh, to the different uh, computer arrays here. As of yet, they haven't spotted you, but that may change quickly depending on how you decide to approach here so this is where everyone's at yeah i think we found the source of uh source of all the trouble um well what's the what's the plan there brains i died here <laughs> i've last portal i saw tonight i smashed oh yeah by the way my mom had a secret portal in her attic oh yeah camry mom had a secret portal in her attic and i smashed it and then the the gravity of what she did is now kind of sinking in um <laughs> wait you went up to the office yeah Mom's office. Uh, there were there were mutant moths up in the attic, and so we we chased them up there. And I found Mom's f- f- fudging secret teleport portal just in her office. Like, what a hypocrite! So I blew it up. So uh, unless you want me to blow up this one too, I'm gonna uh, uh, leave it to Nick um, for what we're gonna do here. I feel like there's got to be some way that we need to reverse the signal. Uh, if we just cut it off now, who knows if the the thin zones will stabilize at all. I just need to see the main console. And Juniper, if if I were to get us down there, do you think you could help me figure it out? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a long time since those field trips, but I, I, I remember a little bit of what they talked about. I, I could give it a try. Well, if we make our way there, can I count on the margins for a distraction? I think that's a better use of our abilities. Absolutely. And like high fives, Camry. <laughs> Seems more our speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to just... Give a lay of the land here. You got some sort of a big Stargate-style portal gate in the middle of the room that seems to be leading into into another plane of reality, on top of which is a giant satellite dish. Uh, you've got scientists uh, and people in lab coats scrambling from console to console, trying to figure out how to lock this thing down. Uh, but you've also got some some uh, groups of rescue agents, and I think they're just sort of they're they're making their way around the room, kind of patrolling and making sure that whatever comes out of this portal gate doesn't pose a threat to the to the workers here but i think they are also sort of patrolling the area and and there's a uh, a group of them let's say three agents are making their way kind of in your general direction with weapons out they haven't spotted you yet perfect but there's that you know that it's only a matter of time sick uh yeah then if the if this is just like you know the situation room yeah. um i think uh, 
favorite distraction is the old uh the old exponent coil uh, extra copies of ourselves uh and Beautiful. the old scramble technique i was yeah. gonna mention between uh, camry's hard light board and lake's glitch they're both a very flashy iridescent pair in this way mm-hmm. <laughs> well uh um starts as a pair we'll we'll see how many we can uh maybe uh, uh spread this out to uh camry holds still um and and fires the the lob shot um straight at both of their feet to fire the exponent coil yeah give me that roll so i'm gonna take can i take a hype die from our own team hype die yeah. sure i can yeah. i got the one yeah. who refills them <laughs> i take a hype i take the hype die uh i guess that's all i get i'm out of i'm out of kick oh, damn i don't usually burn kick but two dice let's go same as last roll tonight a six and a four a six beautiful and you roll to see how many copies as well yeah yes i do let us do that now uh two copies 26 plus one um, Oh, so three copies sorry yeah okay um and you know what i like this offer so much let's say it's three copies of each of you so there's a total of six of you running around uh or six copies plus you total of eight of you running around yeah Nice. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah, cool. there'll be eight of us. Uh, so eight of you take off. And uh, do, you, do you have any particular tactic in how you get the attention of these guards? I think we split up. I think I think uh, uh, Lake leads one other Lake and two Camrys, and Camry leads one other Camry and two Lakes. Perfect. Off in every direction that can be in like two 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 routes. And if this place is as sick to, to, to hoverboard on as you say, then we're just like doing sick tricks. Be like be in a problem <laughs> oh exactly yeah and with the complete success you're old yeah i think you they don't even have time to react you you guys all take off in various directions and, and these rescue agents are just like ah oh teens we got we got teens uh-oh um, <laughs> and they all sort of start scrambling around and like i i think they also fumble to like turn down the setting on the on the uh ray guns that they're carrying because yeah they're, they're not looking to to liquefy you guys they're they're switching from uh combat mode taking down interdimensional monsters back into the mall cops of the multiverse um, but as they're scrambling to do that you guys are just creating absolute pandemonium yeah it's a circular chamber as well so i think if you're going off in opposite directions you're basically just looping past each other um, in in a big spiral um, and all of this creates the perfect distraction Nick and Juniper, I think you are able to get exactly where you're trying to go because of this. It's a complete success. You, you, all eyes are off of you, and you're able to make your way to that console. I think you do run afoul of one of those uh, people in the lab coats, one of the the drought technicians. Um, but they they aren't nearly as alarmed to see you as the rescue agents, and are just like, "Oh, um, we're we're closed right now. We're we're not. You sh- you're not supposed to be here." Sorry, pardon, we're, we're interns, so just let, let us through, please. Sorry. And he flashes the, the Scottsdale badge, even though it looks nothing like him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think these guys are just too busy trying to uh, reverse what has happened here uh, unsuccessfully thus far, and they, they're, they're too busy to even pay you mind. Um, you make your way up to the, the console, Juniper kind of cracks her knuckles, and I was like, all right, well, let's see what we're working with. Let's check back in with our friends over the gravel pit. So you guys had dealt with the the slugs from Vestige. 
You were about to make your way to the draft facility. You routed up a gang when, lo and behold, the Waking Pit's famous Bat King showed up uh, and and swooped down upon you. Uh, what do you do? How do you react to this? So when you said that the uh, speaker system was just emitting a low whine, is it just because, like, the music stopped playing, like a needle off the record? Like, what, what was the state of that speaker system? Yeah, like I think they're uh, just just like general feedback. Like the music has stopped playing. Maybe they had a microphone set up for like karaoke shout outs. Who knows? Uh, and so you're just getting like a little bit of that feedback as like the mic's still live, but there's nothing playing through the speakers. All right. If I know anything about bats is that they see with their ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's uh, blind this sucker. And she's going <laughs> to... Uh, since the speaker system is still alive, she's going to plug in her guitar. Oh, amazing. And crank it up and just start wailing on it. Yeah. Like, this is all stuff that Elliot can absolutely do. Um, but let's get a roll to see sort of how well it works, how it plays out for you. Sure. Uh, rolling with two dice. A six. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you plug in, slam on the strings, uh, max volume, uh, and it has a visible effect. This thing sort of like, it was swooping down towards the group and it sort of veers off and screeches. Uh, I clearly did not like what it what it heard here and uh, cannot seem to get its bearings now that, uh, that its uh, senses have been scrambled. So it is, it is flying blind. Um, yeah, it's, it's blinded and sort of off course, but still within reach here. Does anyone else have an offer they want to throw on the table? So Rob and I have a bit of a, a reckless offer. Yes. Can I tackle the bat? Can I tackle the bat? Can I tackle the bat? Uh, yeah, like it is, It is as I said, blinded and off course. I think that is uh, a possibility. It, it's still in the air though, right? Like it's... Yeah, that's, it, we're thinking the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll let you say it. All right. Looks like if we have a bat... And I have a ball, but I'm hitting the bat with the ball instead of the bat hitting the ball. So, pitchers up, and then I throw it at the, uh, I hurl it at the bat, hopefully trying to, like, you know, knock it down. Uh, I, I think I'm going to throw it as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm adding an extra die from Grit. Yeah. Try and use my. This is not uh, relying on the armor. This is using my uh, natural uh, strength. And. Yes. Yeah, I think that's all I got. I'm running out of uh, die to use. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know what the other one is, uh, but it doesn't matter because I rolled a six on the one that did land appropriately. So. Beautiful. Yes. You whip this fastball uh, and it hits it. <laughs> Like, it can't hit it in the face because it's a bunch of bats fused into one large bat king. Um, but it hits it roughly where the face would be if it had a face. Uh, you can tell that it doesn't like it. Yeah, it, it sort of careens down and crashes into the into the pit, uh, giving Angus the perfect opportunity to strike. Angus, yes, now you may tackle the bat. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Chester did such a beautiful job knocking it to the ground. Uh, Angus is gonna run up, mm-hmm. pin it down. Yeah. He's gonna take out the stinger. 
mm-hmm. uh, that he uh, ripped off the hyper hornet, yeah. and yeah. he's gonna stab the bat with it. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna make you roll for this. It's you, oh, your other teammates baby. have set it up for you. All you're doing is is knocking it down, and and you set it up by acquiring that earlier. Yeah, you drive this thing directly down into the heart of this writhing mass of bats, uh, and it immediately begins to sort of fade and implode in on itself and just sort of voids out of existence uh, and you are left there with the stinger still in your hands um, standing in an empty gravel pit. You just peeled back the bat? (laughs) What? I just peeled back the bat, baby! What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I guess that works. Uh, Good work, Angus. Good work, Elliot. Man, we worked pretty good as a team. Um, well, I don't know what else to do. The, the portal's here and open. Where are the others there, Elliot? At the draft facility. Didn't you get the text? Uh, no. As I'm looking down at the, the crack through the screen. <laughs> I think we should head over there. Yep. Yeah. Tavani's like, well, what are we waiting for? Who knows? Whoever knows, Devani. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, and yeah, the, the crew of you, Subsonic Sentinel in tow, uh, you all head up out of, out of the gravel pit and make your way to the draft facility. And with that, I think we go to our final scene of the evening. Back in the large uh, main chamber of the research facility, Lake and Camry are creating pandemonium, skating around in circles, creating the perfect distraction. Nick and Juniper have moved into position and are beginning to try and sort out what to do about this malfunctioning transdimensional agitator. But in that moment, you all hear a sound coming through that ring in the center of the room. You hear an ear-splitting hiss echo out through the entire chamber, and a massive claw the size of a bus lunges through that portal gate. It snaps and swings wildly, tearing a long, jagged scar in the metal of the floor, uh, the claw gliding through it like a hot knife through soft butter. The claw retracts, and then like lightning, an enormous tail tipped with a menacing stinger whips into the room, gouging itself into the opposite wall before pulling back just as fast. As it does, you all catch a glimpse of this creature, or at least as much of it as you can see through the small opening of the portal. Its hard exoskeleton glints in an unseen light source, and you gaze into the malice and hunger-filled eyes of the Ginorpian. <laughs> it's a ginormous scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>